message God really put on my heart. That's why Mike better watch this recording because uh, I feel like it's for you guys and what your next step is going to be in your walk with Christ. But uh, I talked a little bit on Sunday. I preached last Sunday and I talked a little bit about something that happened to me during the service a couple weeks ago. And I had uh, Brother Hutchins was in town, Bishop, Bishop Hudson was in town and he uh, was talking about opening your eyes and talking to the angels and having a celestial point of view and seeing the spiritual realm. So I'm sitting there in church and I'm praying and I'm like, God, open my eyes. Let me see things that can help your minister better to your people, you know? And as I'm saying that, Brother Shondell is on stage singing. You guys know who Shondell is? Yep. The backup singer now? He's on stage and he was wearing a plaid shirt. And I'm looking at his shirt, and I'm not kidding you, the pattern on it is vibrating. You know. And I'm looking at it like, it got weird to the point where I'm like wiping my eyes and trying to look at his shirt, like why is it vibrating like that? And in my head, I'm trying to justify it, like maybe it's the lights and the pattern of his shirt, you know, it could be something physical. And then God's like, but you just prayed that I'd open your eyes. So I'm like, okay. But I, I still don't know, I don't know what to do. So we, we all go up front, and I'm standing there. I'm like, I watched the video. I was doing the recording, and I could see me in the video, and I'm standing there staring at him. The whole time, we're all up front praying. And finally, God moved in my heart, like, go up and put your hand on his chest. And so I'm like, I didn't want to do that. Bishop Hudson's there. He's up on stage. I'm like, I, I, you know, but I, I kept feeling this come over me. So I'm like, I'm going to do it. So I walked up and I put my hand on his chest and I started praying for him. And right away I could feel something in the spirit break. He like fell, started crying, like praying. It was a real good, like godly moment. 
And I get done and I walk off stage and I pray for other people. And we go home. And the next day I see him post something on Facebook that he had been to the doctor a couple of weeks before and got his report back. And he is completely in remission of lupus. So, yeah, I'm, I'm celebrating. I'm excited. And, I, and then, you know, the devil's like, well, that wasn't because you prayed for him because he got tested a couple weeks ago. And I'm like, that's, yeah, it doesn't have to be about me. I don't care who. You know, it, Whoever you know gets a blessing from God, it doesn't matter what it comes from. So I didn't care about that anyways. But in my mind, I knew like that something happened, and that wasn't it. So I preached on Sunday, and he was up in the back. I had him testify. He talked about lupus. It was it was amazing. Everything gets done, and we're all leaving church, and it's just me and him and Brother Carl are like the only people left in the church. And he comes walking by me, and I'm like, hey. I'm sorry I put you on blast like that. I didn't mean to just make you testify in front of the whole church. I didn't tell him I was going to do that or anything. And he's like, no, it's no big deal. He's like, you know what? When you walked over and you put your hand on my chest, I spoke in tongues for the first time. Jeez. Wow. I'm like, you got it. He acted like it was no big deal. He was like, yeah. I went back and told my wife, like, I think I spoke in tongues. And she was like, what happened? He's like, I started saying something that didn't make any sense. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, that's speaking in tongues. So I grabbed Brother Carl. Wow. Me and Brother Carl started celebrating. I'm like, this is, this is what we're supposed to be acting like. Yeah. like right. That's a big right. deal right there. And it, it really got me, and the Holy Ghost started ministering to me about the fire pot, about what we have in us, what we use on a daily basis, what we should be kindling, what we should be keeping going, and how all of this starts. So the first thing we have to discuss is fire. What is fire now? I watch. Yeah, you mom, please. This is this is your room now. <laughs> okay, I looked up the word fire, and in the you know regular definition of fire is combustion or burning, in in which substance combined with chemical, with oxygen from the air, typically bring out either a bright light, heat, or smoke. But then I looked it up in the Bible and what, what the biblical meaning of fire was. And it, the, the biblical meaning of fire is the presence of God. And then it gave three examples. One example was Moses' encounter in the burning bush. The second encounter was when God appeared in a pillar of fire to lead his people. And then the third one was Acts. In Acts and the tongues of fire. Tongues of fire. And I, we I are going to get to that at some point. <laughs> you can't talk about fire and fire without talking about the book of Acts. <laughs> right. Too. But um, fire. So, good. That's a great definition of fire. Oxygen and fuel. Now, if you've ever watched a survival show, anybody, any pagans in here watch those <laughs> survival shows like Naked and Afraid? Or, no, not that. Good. Our pastor preached the whole sermon on naked and afraid, so I'm, 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 I think I'm okay now. <laughs> but any of those, Survivor, Alone, I think Alone, Alone is the one I've watched. No, the one, the one that I've watched is the one that's Alone, where they take you out and you got to survive for a hundred days. Whoever wins at the end gets a big like yeah. prize. It's a really cool thing. But anybody who's into survival or anything like that, they know that there are certain things that they have to they have to address right away when they're in the wild. One is they shelter. You have to have a shelter. 
But one of the biggest components is fire. Without that fire, they can't live. They have to have fire. You got to cook with it, clean with it. It does everything, but life revolves around that fire. Now, have any of you guys seen somebody, or can you start a fire without anything? How many of you guys, I mean, with something, with the stick. Okay, we'll say with the stick. Brandon, I knew you'd have one survivor here. You knew that. But you guys have seen it done, right? You guys have seen it. The, the people who sit there with their feet and twist this and... And then they make the fire. And it comes out of normal stuff that we already have, like typical matter that we pick up sticks and stuff. But there's two elements that always create this fire. One is friction, which is another word or definition for energy, using your energy. And the second is oxygen. We have to have oxygen, the wind. And we're going to see how these both play into firepower. Genesis 2 and 7. We're going to go to Genesis 2 and 7 real quick. We're only going to look at that one scripture. But in Genesis 2 and 7, this is the creation of man. This is God creating human beings. And it says, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. So this is God's creation of human beings. And the first thing he did is he made this matter, but then he took what was already there, and with energy and oxygen, he brought this to life. He breathed into the man's nostrils when he created them. Before he breathed into the man's nostrils, what was Adam's state? Dust that he had formed into a body, but it was lifeless. It was dead, it was lifeless, it was asleep. It was spiritless. Its spirit had left. It had, well, it hadn't come into it at first. But, so there was no spirit in this being until God breathed into his nostrils. And this is so good. Because we're talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about what happened when I put my hand on his chest and what happens to somebody when they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is exactly the process that anybody here who's had the Holy Ghost will tell you. You get to a, you're in prayer, you're using your energy to mix into this, into this spiritual state where you start to feel like you're losing consciousness and falling asleep as your spirit is entering into the spiritual realm. And then God breathes on that and ignites a fire inside you. It's powerful because when people understand how they can do something, they can do it. But if I've never had it explained to me how to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, then it makes receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost very complicated. Very complicated. If I've never heard that I should pray to a point where I feel like I'm losing consciousness and let God take over that, then I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pray to that point. Something will stop me from reaching that point every time. When you if you've ever prayed with somebody who's trying to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's usually what happens. You're praying with them. You're seeing this energy. It's almost like spinning that stick. You're watching it spin. You're watching it. You're seeing some smoke. You're seeing some smoke. And then they stop. And all that, all that friction dies out. But as soon as they keep going a little bit, they get that little bit of a hot spot, then God can pick it up and, and it lights up into a fire. That's why it's so important when we're praying with people to encourage them to keep this process going. Don't stop until you come and got what you, what you came for. 
don't stop until God breathes that breath of life inside of you and starts a fire inside of you again. Because that's what it requires. And that's what God did in the beginning. And that's God's order of work. That's how he performs it. So let's go to John chapter 3. John 3, 1 through 8. Is where we're gonna is where we're gonna read and talk next. And this is Jesus talking to Nicodemus. This is the this is the famous conversation about salvation that Christ had with the Jewish leader. Nicodemus was a really smart Jewish leader. He knew a lot about the Bible, he knew a lot about the law, he knew all about religion. But Christ is about to school him on relationship and what the Holy Spirit does and how the Holy Spirit moves in our life. And because he's so physically minded, he's having a hard time picking up on the spiritual side of it. But since we're more spiritual minded here, I don't think we'll have a problem with it. So there was a man named Nicodemus, Demas, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. There's a tongue twister if you ever need one. John what? <laughs> John 3, 1 through 8. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. I think it's awesome here how he, he starts talking to Jesus about Jesus' ranking and where he stands. And Jesus is like, I don't care about that salvation. Salvation. No, let's not, we don't worry. I don't care about the miracles. I don't care about the garbage. Salvation. It really hits home as a church body because so many times we get saved and then we're seeking these miraculous signs. We want to we want to look for the miraculous signs because we've already tasted salvation. I want to taste something different where Christ never lost focus on what was most important. He was like, yeah, the signs are great. That's, that's all good. He performed miracles. So I'm not saying he was against it. But his attention was always at winning the lost. The miracles he performed were so people would believe and not be lost. That was always his attention. And as a church body, that has to be our attention. If, our, if we get lost on wanting to see miracles in our church so for popularity, for other reasons, we're, not, we're never going to see the miracles in our church. But if we get to a point where we know the only reason we want to see miracles is so we can win the lost, we start thinking like Christ, and that's when we start seeing miracles take place in our in our church body. That's awesome. Yeah, because when you focus on miracles, you know, he, he did say uh, uh, what happens is people want more miracles and they want more. And then, then you know, right. that's, he focused on that. Like, uh, you call them a wicked and adulterous nation, you know. Exactly. Like they demand, they were demanding, and they, oh, that's great, show us another one. You know, and that's like, that's what happens when you focus on it. Yep. Right. And there was people who followed them just for the fish and loaves. Yeah. They didn't care about the salvation part, but they just wanted to see the miracles. And that's that's not God's purpose and plan. It's Jesus came to save the lost. We can't ever lose sight of that. Like that. I, I, when I preached on Sunday, I was like, God forbid our church ever becomes a church full of saints. Because Jesus is going to leave and go look for the one. We better make sure we got some ones in our church every week because Jesus came to be with the sinners. And if we if we get to a point where we're not in the company of sinners, then we're not where we need to be. 
And so many times as Christians, we, we try to do that. We try to get into the groups where, you know, I feel comfortable. With my brothers here, like, I feel comfortable. We can, we, we have the same mindset, we're going to the same road. But I've got to have friends that I can reach. You know, this past week, I reached out to some people I haven't talked to in a while. I felt good. I got to witness to them. I got to minister to them. And I'm like, and I'm not ministering to you guys. Like, you guys are the 99. Like, at some point, like, God's got you. These people need help. And we've got to be the ones to reach out for them. I want to throw in real quick salvation yeah. over miracles. That raising the dead or raising the dead is considered milk. Right. That you know, the sick and performing all these miracles is considered <coughs> milk, and that we are to move on from milk and start partaking of of the meat and everything. So we're right. sitting here looking for all this stuff to happen. When you know God's saying, you know, raising the dead's milk, you guys should be focusing on the salvation of others. True. The disciples it's came back. It's crazy, and you don't we cast out that. demons. That's me. Yeah. No, I sat there and I was like, Jesus, raising the dead's milk. What is that? Right. That's good. But you know, salvation is raising the dead. Like that's what we're doing. We're bringing them back from the dead. But and even Jesus' disciples came back and was like, we cast out demons in your name, and he was like. Be happy your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Like that's where it's at. Salvation is where it's at. And when we realize that, how, how much God has done for our salvation, like we should really be celebrating. If we realize that's number one, nothing else really matters. So what do you mean, exclaims Nicodemus, how can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus replies, I assure you, no one can enter into the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. Now Jesus does something here where he's going to correlate and he's going to compare the Holy Spirit to something. And what he chooses to compare it to, he says the wind blows wherever it wants. And just as you can hear the wind, you can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. So you cannot explain how people are born of the Spirit. So right away, God is identifying the Holy Spirit as wind, as oxygen, as the air that ignites the fire inside you. And you don't know where it comes from, and you don't know where it's going. Boy, you know when you got it. Boy, you know when it needs you. You ain't never going to be the same because it's going to feed this fire that's burning inside of us. John 14, 12 through 21, Jesus is another passage here where he further explains about the Holy Spirit as well. And he explains to us what this fire does in our life, what it can do in our bodies. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with your father. So right away there, we see that what this fire is supposed to be fueling in our life is to be doing the works that Christ did. Yeah. And it's amazing because we all know like that's what that fire feeds into. Like when you're when you're performing miracles, when you're casting out demons, when you're raising the dead, when you're healing the sick, when you're witnessing to people, it's all birthed out of that fire that's burning inside you. Oh. But he says we're gonna do greater works than he did. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. 
Now, we always see these scriptures and we hear these things and we're like, okay, but I've got the Holy Ghost. How come I'm not doing greater works than God? I've got the Holy Spirit. How come I'm not getting everything I asked for? How come these things aren't working out? But we know this comes from the Holy Spirit. So the more we can increase the Holy Spirit inside of us, the more these things start happening. That's why anointing is so powerful. That's why ministers have spent the majority of their life making sure their relationship with God is set first. If I have a bad sermon, I don't think it's because God let me down. I think, what did I do that stopped that burning fire inside of me? Did I, did I spill some water on that fire? Did I, was I not kindling it properly? Was I not feeding it properly? What was I doing that allowed that fire to burn down in my life? But again, we've talked about what that fire consists of. Fire is not complicated. It does not take multiple things to make. It requires two. It requires your energy and effort and the breath of God. So if I stop moving, then that fire dies. If I stop letting him breathe into me, then that fire dies. But the more I move in Christ and the more I allow him to breathe into my life, then I can start doing the things that Christ did. I can grow this fire to a point where I'm healing the lost and I'm healing the sick and I'm casting out demons and I'm doing the great works. And anything that I ask for gets answered. And you know, it's crazy. It's crazy to say it that way. But I'm not kidding you. Last week, I, you know, I preached. So I was getting that fire burning in me. All week I preached and it felt, it felt like I was on fire. And the week prior to me preaching, that whole week while I was praying and fasting and getting ready for this, baby, they, uh, while I was doing all that, I was you know, feeding this fire, feeding this fire. And I, and I told myself, man, I need, I need, Victor really needs some clothes. I'm going to have to go shopping for Victor. I'm going to have to go pick up some Easter clothes for him. Like, he's growing like weed. I can't keep clothes on him. By Monday, Victor's closet was completely full of clothes. And I'm not, I'm not just saying it like, I, mom, yeah, mom, candy. Everybody can vouch for this. His entire closet got filled with clothes within that week. And I don't think that was, you know, I know God loves me. I know all these things are true. But there's something about when you've got that burning fire inside you and you put yourself aside and you're doing things for God, that this anointing gets burning inside you. And then what you ask for starts to come true. Now, as that fire burns inside you, it's going to be purifying you. So it's going to be getting you to a point where you're not asking for things that are going to make you worse. But you start worrying about things that are actually beneficial to your life. Yeah. Things that God had have you done. Not your will, but His will. It was God's will, Victor, had a bunch of clothes. Like, he knew that those are two of the promises He gave us, clothes and food. Like, He didn't promise a million dollars. He didn't promise a truck. But He promised us clothes and food. Like, those are things that... We, Shelter. Right? And drop food. He promised a lot, actually. <laughs> right. But those two were very specific. Clothes and food. He was like, you ain't going to beg for those. Can I get the truck too? <laughs> as long as I can have your own. Alright, that's the deal. <laughs> so, so we'll go on here. And it says, and I will ask the Father, and he will so here again, Jesus right away goes, Alright, I know they're probably wondering in their head, how am I gonna do greater things than God? How am I gonna get everything I asked for? So he starts telling them, okay, don't worry about it. I will ask the Father, 
and he will give you another advocate. So he's telling them, okay, you guys want to do great things like me? All right, I'll talk to my father. He's going to send you this advocate who will never leave you, for he is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. So Christ is right away like, I'm going to give you guys this power. And it's, it's not just, it's going to be me living inside you. Me doing these works through you as that fire. Just like Mom talked about the pillar of fire that followed the children of Israel through the wilderness. That same pillar of fire lives inside of us as we're going through life doing God's work. Are you reading out of the King James? No, it's new. It's new. It's the pagan version. I'm sorry. That, well, I was saying, <laughs> no, I read all that, but it's the same thing, but differently. Right. <laughs> He says, I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you will live also. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in the Father, and that you are in me, and I am in you. So again, he's talking about raising him to life. He's talking about the breath of life coming into him. He's talking about the wind and the fire that keeps him alive and moving. Those who accept my commands and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. So that's the other thing. You get to see Jesus. Yeah. He's going to reveal himself to you. The fire. I can't wait till that happens. Right. The fire always lights it up. Anytime you're in a cave, you watch a movie where people go into caves, one of the main things that they have to have is a torch. It has to light the way. It shows you. It reveals God in your life. If without the Holy Spirit, it's easy to get lost. It's easy to get twisted down rabbit holes. Even the Antichrist will trick many, but he won't be able to confuse the ones that are full of the Holy Ghost. That's right. The ones who are burning with the fire and know who put it there. Is the sheep know his voice? Yes. Hey Amen. The sheep know his voice. I'll be with you. I'm not leaving you as orphans. I'll be right there with you. Like, it's important. There's been so many times in my life where something silly didn't even make sense. And God was like, uh-uh. And I was like, okay, God. And then he turned, come to find out later down the road, like, man, I'm so glad. I'm so glad I heard that voice. I'm so glad I listened to that. I'm Amen. so glad the Holy so Ghost lit yes. that path for me. Because I was stoned down that path and then it been somewhere I didn't I'm so glad that when I didn't listen, he still protected me. Right. Amen. <laughs> Shows you how loving he is. Does he even bring me back? John 16, 13 through 15. So we're blazing right through John here. And again, he's going to talk about the fire, lighting up your life, showing you and revealing to you things that you need to know. He says, it's John 16, 13 through 15. He says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I say the Spirit will lead you, or the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. So many times people are, I want to I 
want to know what God's will for my life is. I want to know, I need to hear from God. I need to know what I should do in this situation. And we know again, that comes from the Holy Spirit inside of us. You need to invoke those two elements to get that fire burning big enough for it to affect your life. You can, you can start a small fire like this in the middle of a campfire. It ain't going to keep you warm. It's not going to benefit you like a firewood, like the fires we build. It's <laughs> so big, people on the other side of the county come over and see what's going on. But that, those are the fires that you need to feed into your life. I can't, I can't wonder why I'm not getting heat and I'm not getting lit. I can't see what's going on around me. Well, my fire is only this big on the table. But once I can feed this fire and I can, I can give it the energy that it needs and I can allow God to speak through me. That's why speaking in tongues is so important. That's why the devil doesn't like for churches to speak in tongues. He's all right with you getting saved a little bit. He's all right with you knowing these things. But you know what? Let's, let's not get the chaos. Let's not let the chaos interfere with God's order. Let's not get lost in the spirit. Let's not, let's not let that power burn too bright. Hannah just preached about the Hebrew boys. They heated that fire seven times to where the people who threw them in died. <laughs> and it wasn't nothing to them. Yeah. So there ain't no fire that's going to burn too hot that's going to burn you out. I mean, so many ministers even make the mistake of telling people that. Well, I don't want you to burn too hot. I don't want you to burn out. My God goes with me in the fire. Amen. It doesn't matter if it's seven times hot. He's going to be in it with me. So I'm going to burn this fire as big as I can get it because I want to see clearly. I want to know God's will. I want to, I want to be warm. I want to be able to move. I want healing in my body. And I want to be able to do greater works than Christ did. And I can't do that with a little fire in my life. So energy, oxygen, let those work in our lives. Luke 9, 1 through 2, verses 1 and 2. This is what, this is Christ sending out his disciples. So we get people into church, they get baptized, they get filled with the Holy Ghost, and now what? Now what do I do with this? I got this fire burning inside me, but what am I supposed to use this fire for? And this is where Christ gave us an earthly example of that. While he was still here, he's like, the Holy Ghost is going to do this on a greater level. Inside you, walking with you, talking through you. But for right now, since I'm here on physical, this is what I want you to go do. And he instructs them. And this is what he tells them to do. One day, Jesus came together with his 12 disciples. And he gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. And then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. It's going gonna, it's gonna to hit hard because he gave this to his disciples who hadn't yet been filled with the Holy Spirit. How much more has he given it to you whom he's filled with the Holy Spirit? Amen. So many times we're like, well, God, I can't do that. I'm not called to do this. Well, he gave it to them and they didn't have the Holy Spirit. So how much more has he equipped you when you've got the fire burning inside you that they didn't have? But again, it requires, it requires them walking in that authority. God gave them the power and the authority. It was up to them to use it. And if I want to be set out and I want to be like a disciple of Christ, I've got to, I've got to work this fire inside me. If that fire goes out, I'm dead. I'm in the wilderness, cold, naked and afraid. <laughs> Die. 
happen. It does. It really does happen. You, gotta, you know, there's times when you've ever oh, been to man. a sermon when they're like, does anybody need to rekindle their relationship with Christ? It does happen. And how many times have we watched people slowly fade out and die? And we're like, man, their fire was so big at one point and now it's empty. And all it would take to get that fire going again is a little bit of energy, a little bit of time, and the breath of God. And again, every one of us possess that breath of God. If you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, then he breathed that spirit into you. So you have that breath in you. So when I'm up at the altar with my garlic and onion breath, breathing on people's faces, that's why. That's why. <laughs> Brandon liked it. Garlic, I said that for you. You're also trying to kill vampires at the same time. Right. See, Travis understands. <laughs> Well, there must be a vampires in here. There might be a demon in me, though, because I don't like that. <laughs> Something in me wants to run out of the room when I start getting that hot breath in my face. <laughs> Maybe I just need to be rebuked. I'll just breathe all that in. Maybe you're a vampire. Right? <laughs> so, let's go to Mark chapter 6, because this is another important part where he's sending out his disciples again and he's equipping them and telling them what he wants us to be doing as his disciples in this world. Mark 6, 6 through 6, 13. This is why I, I like in, in the torture room. I got my TV set up behind me, so I'm like, you guys don't even need your Bibles. I'm going to show you exactly what I'm reading as I read it. We're all good. Because I, I pull them all out. You guys are in here like trying to figure it or like, chase them down. Like I've already got them all set aside, so it's easy for me. Oh, to real big man. Yeah, big old hot shot over here. Hot shot over here. Someone everybody up. Your mom is very You got that fire, man. Watch your kid. Oh, I know. I know. I, don't, don't come guys. I read her notes. Like she, she's giving me her book, and I've stole a lot out of them. <laughs> so when you hear me preaching, you're like, "That was Sherry's notes, right now." Dan stole them. <laughs> so Mark six and six through thirteen, and Jesus went from village to village, teaching the people, and he called his twelve disciples together, which is why the church needs to come together. He didn't say he didn't call them out scattered. He called them together. And he began sending them out two by two. Two by two. Well, we should never be alone. As Christians, we shouldn't be alone. We should, we should, we should have Christians around us. Well, you know, because the devil is seeking, you know, rolling around like a rolling lion. It's, 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 you want your partner. I mean, there's a reason why. Because when something you get hit with, it, you know, you maybe you're not ready for, the other person's right there say, no, no. Right. Let's keep it together. And how many times... Have we had Christians around us, but because they didn't go to my church or belong to my religion, I'd rather go alone. Like God's put people in our lives for a reason. He sends us out two by two. There's always people we're in our midst. Even Travis was like talking about witnessing at work, and he's like, yeah, I got, he's got a couple brothers there. Like he ain't alone, and they may not go to my church, but they're a brother in Christ, and they're there to help and support us when we need it. We better be accepting and working. Yeah, right. We need that. So then Jesus went from village to village and he, he calls them out two by two. And again, he gives them authority to cast out evil spirits. Every time you start seeing Jesus sending people out, he's giving them authority. 
It's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. When God fills someone with the Holy Spirit, He's giving them the authority to do the works He's done. Everybody got that. We'd have a lot more people laying hands on people. We'd have a lot more people casting out demons. We'd have a lot more people even with the sick because they understand that I'm not just doing it because I want to. But once I got filled with the Holy Ghost, I got the authority to walk in that and do that. He told them to take nothing for their journey except their walking stick. No food, no traveler's bag, no money. He allowed them to wear their sandals but not to take a change of clothes. Wherever you go, it shows you, God, when we're called to disciple this world, it's not about collecting. It's not about trying to get the nicest things in the world. It's about the kingdom. It's about seeking who needs salvation. Like this is, this is their whole purpose here. Wherever you go, he said, stay in a small house until you leave the town. And if any place refuses to welcome you or listen to you, shake its dust from your feet and leave to show that you have abandoned them to their own fate. So the disciples went out telling everyone they met. So this is what they did. He sent them out. They had all these powerful, hey, you can cast out demons, you can do miracles, you can do all this thing. But then they went out and told everyone they met to repent from their sins and turn to God. That's the greatest miracle we can ever perform. If I can get one person to understand that he needs to repent from his life and turn towards God, that's a greater miracle than anything else we can do. That's, what that's the hardest do. one. And they cast out many demons and healed the sick people and anointed them with olive oil, which is why we still practice these things today. Because this is what the fire inside of us is meant for. John 20. Verses 19 through 23. Now, this is this is after Jesus has been crucified. And this is when he shows back up to his disciples. And they haven't yet received the Holy Spirit yet. He hasn't dropped it on Pentecost yet. But he's preparing them for what is to come. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. And suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. And as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and in his side. And they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. Man. So the first thing Christ does when he shows up, for the first time after dying, it's hey, peace. Peace be with you. They're scared. They're locked behind the doors. They're worried about everything. And the first thing he does is, hey, calm down. I'm here. I'm in your midst. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to. You should be living in peace when I'm in the middle of it. The first thing he does, peace. Peace, guys. Peace. That's important, too, because, again, when we're talking about receiving the Holy Ghost, that's important. Peace. Find yourself at peace. When I'm praying at the altar with someone who wants to be filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm not screaming and yelling, smacking them in the head, and getting them all excited. Some people do. And it's really hard to get people to receive the Holy Ghost. The WWE preacher. Right. <laughs> I'm the the Holy Ghost. We should be getting them to accept peace. Yeah. Hey, relax. Relax. Fall into the Spirit. 
Relax. Breathe it in. Allow God to speak through you. Fall into that place where you're starting to lose consciousness in the spiritual realm and allow God to breathe into your life so you can be filled with the Holy Ghost. But that's how he's instructing them. Peace. Peace be still. Then he's then he says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. So he's like, first thing, calm down, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to use you to win the world. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone their sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. That's, that's the first thing as he's preparing it. He's like, I'm going to breathe the breath of life on you. This is where the Holy Spirit is going to come from. And when it does, the first thing you should be doing is going out and forgiving everyone their sins. If you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. I don't like sins not forgiven. God came to forgive sins. We should be furthering the process of making sure people understand that we need to have our sins forgiven. We need to have these sins washed away. That's why he's saying that. There's some people who are not going to do it. You're going to tell them, repent, repent, find the Lord. And they're going to go, nope, I can't forgive it. We can't, we, we can't work within that. But our goal, our number one goal, receiving the Holy Ghost, is to make sure people understand they need to repent from their sins. It's the whole reason why he sent Jesus. Right. It says that no man can follow, follow the law, so there was no way in order to have eternal life with Jesus. There was no way for our sins to, have, to be forgiven. So, so he said, no, we're, we're going we're gonna to change the battle. That's what it's all about. But, we're coming up to Easter next week. I'm for, or a week and a half. I'm teaching to the youth group. And then I'm, I'm starting a three-part series. It's going to be For Us Unveiled New Life. And I'm going to play all three together. And, I, and it's all going to be coming from that's what the cross did. I'm, the first week I'm going to teach about for us and how Christ died for us. So that we could draw close to him and we could be more like him. And then the second week I'm going to talk about unveiling and how God has unveiled to us. Now we know right now he's unveiled to us and given us the ability to choose. And then I'm going to tie it all in with new life. And how now we have the ability to walk in a new life since Christ died on the cross for us. But... That's 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 what this is all about, and that's where that's what the whole death and resurrection is for. It's for us to be able to grow closer to Him. And again, Travis, you know, like this one. Without that death and resurrection, that fire would burn us alive. That's right. That's the same fire from the holiest of holies. That's the same fire that the priest fell over dead with. But we walk in it every day. So how do we walk in that every day? By communion, by remembering what Christ did in our life. Because without that forgiveness, I can't have this fire inside me. So I better stay repentant. I better understand that that sacrifice pays for it. Because if I ever start losing faith in that, that fire will start to consume me. But as long as I remember the blood of Christ, as long as I remember what he did for me, as long as I know that he's able to always be able to remind you of that. Yeah, it will. That's. It's going to light your path. <laughs> it's going to light your path. You know, he doesn't plan on losing any of the ones that his father sent him. Amen. Not a right. And if that requires him purging it and burning it out of you, then that's what he'll do. And he'll use his fire to do that. But it's not fun to get burned, so no. let's purge it. Let's keep it clean. Because a good fire is a clean fire. 
If you dump a bunch of dirt on a fire, it goes out. But if I can keep this fire, the dirt away from the fire, and keep it with stuff that's going to fuel it and oxygen, then I can keep that fire burning bright. Living a holy life is also uh, very important. You know what I mean? It goes hand in hand with the Holy Spirit. You know? Right, because you're not going to have that. You're not going to. Well, because then, then, it, then you start getting things burned out of you. And you're, no. Instead of you walking or, in. Or, out of grace, yeah. God will pull some of that fire back away from you. Because he doesn't want it to destroy you. And he can, he can still work with you. But if I let that fire stay inside of him, and he's not healthy and clean, it's going to burn him alive. And I don't want that to happen. So if I want that fire inside me burning bright, I've got to keep the imperfections out of me. I've got to keep the dirt out of my, the sand, out of my yeah, fire. So that way fire. my fire can burn with what it should be burning with. Just energy and oxygen. So Luke 24. Good. Luke 24, 46-49. And he said, Yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was written... That this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit fills you with power from heaven. That's, that's you know, it's funny. You know what I've been noticing in the in the, in the community of well, I don't know. Everybody's a Christian now, and all this stuff's going on. What I've been noticing on two sides is there's one side saying you don't have to repent, and there's another side basically saying you can't repent. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's it's like because you know, this was important. This, this yeah, is what he told. Like, me. Uh, if you I, the the YouTube Christians, like, oh, right? You know what I mean? Oh, All the silly. people out there, and don't get me wrong, there's still there's good people out there that are, right. that are preaching the word of God. There, well, it's like the big the big groups are out there. This is what's going on out there. It's like you got right. people saying you don't need to repent. You do whatever you want. God will accept you and anything that you do. Then you got the other one basically saying <laughs> you've done messed up too bad. Or it is written there will be false prophets. Right. But listen what he listen what he just said to them. He told them the Messiah would suffer and raise from the dead on the third day. The whole point of Christ dying. It is also written that the message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations. So he's like the whole reason why Christ died was so that every nation could be told one thing, and that is that there is forgiveness for sins for all who repent. And then he goes even further and he goes, just to show the process, you are the witnesses of these things. You're the people who are going to walk among them who have flaws, who make mistakes, who do these things, who repent daily and still keep doing the work of God. You're a witness of that. So you have to go proclaim to the world there is forgiveness of sins. That's how I can stand up here and preach. It's not because I'm perfect. It's because I understand there is repentance for sins. If I sin five minutes before I got here, I'm repenting when I walk through the door. Because there is repentance of sin. And if I know that, I, the only reason he came and died was so we can proclaim that to the entire nations. Amen. Not so I can tell them yeah, all the things they've done wrong. Not so I can tell them all the things they've done wrong. Not so I can tell them how they're not going to make it. Not so I can tell them they're going to end up in hell. Yeah, so yeah. that I can tell them, if you repent, 
Your sins are forgiven. And, and we got to remember what changes people. It says the anointing breaks the yoke. Right. So when, if you can, nine times out of ten, you, you can get them to church. And when the when the Holy Spirit's in there, people want to change their lives. Amen. That's what you want to change. Right. Daniel made me want to change my life. When I came to church and felt the Holy Spirit, I was like, okay, God. Amen. I, hear me. Amen. <laughs> I need to start doing things a little differently. It's so true. People ask all the time. Are the church, so we don't need to come to church. No, we do. It's oh, no. Our church yeah. is different. We need to feel that. It's like right. as soon as the first time that Mike and I came there, Travis had done tell us about it. We came there, and it was the audience was like, oh, spirit. And I told yeah, not that. No, there's no denying what happened there. And like, it's your story. I was just thinking about it now. But I get goosebumps thinking about it all the time. About it's powerful. It's, it's the power of God. It's God. That's all. That's what it is. And it's so it's what it is. There's been times where the Holy Spirit requires us as the body of Christ, keeping this fire going. Because if us as the body of Christ let the fires go off, you're going to walk into a cold church. People are going to come into a cold building because the power is there, but I'm not feeding it. I'm not. I'm not using it, so it's going to die off. I've got to keep it alive. I've got to get burned. And, and with that power comes the fire power to win the world. Because again, that's what they're doing with it. In Mark 16, 15 through 18, this is the this is the commission. And then he told them, "Go into all the world, preaching the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. Saved." So my like Mike. I'm not worried about Mike speaking in tongues. He doesn't like. Not, I'm not saying. Well, you don't need that. We all need it. But he's saved. He can believe and be baptized. He's going to be saved. But this is a promise that God's given to Mike. He doesn't just want Mike saved. He wants Mike filled with the life. He wants Mike burning with fire. He wants Mike changing the world for him. And the only way we do that is by allowing the Holy Spirit to, to engulf us from the inside out. So here he tells him right here. Anyone who believes will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. But he says, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. They'll be able to drink anything poison and it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. But all of that is coming from a fire power that's going to be birthed out of you from the Holy Spirit. Right. <laughs> Which brings us to the fall of that fire. Acts chapter 2. And on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Right. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven. Church, come to church. That's right. Meet That's together. Awesome. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring, mighty windstorm. So right away, we had 120 people in this room all worshiping God with an expectation, burning this energy, heating this up. Coals are red hot. All I need is for God to breathe on it. And he sends a mighty wind yes, Lord. to blow through hey. that room and engulf that whole place. It's going to happen. Yes. It's coming, man. I can't wait. Yeah. 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 You can watch the word except for and watch the word. It's the same word. It's the same battle. And he loves us just the same. But we need to have it all of us oh, together. Yeah. Yeah. And right. you walk in and you feel her. And you see him. <laughs> yes. you see I think this week's going to be amazing. I know it's going to be amazing. 
things are going to happen Sunday. I feel it in my bones, dude. Resurrection Sunday is coming. I got to tell y'all an experience that happened to me. Travis, you know something. So the other night, I was just like wanting to know, I'm like, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear you. I was praying, and I and I was just listening to this guy, Pastor Christopher Steele. He's really good in the morning. Listen to him. He said, you know, to be humble is just to see God's face every day. So I was like, all right. So I go to bed, and I'm like, kind of in and out. And I was like, Lord, you're a humble servant is listening. I kid you not with the two seconds. I felt God breathe on me. I, I felt I heard it. And it like, like I jumped up on my skin on top of my chair. And she's like, oh my God, what was it? I'm getting a shotgun like, What's going on? And I don't show Jesus. She tried. She tried. Hey, and then I started praying. I'm like, okay, are we getting attacked? Because we've had some attacks. You know what I mean? And, uh, I was shaking because I was just like, what was that? I was shaking like, and I got really quiet and I was like, Travis, I'm like, no, 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 no. And I said, I don't understand. What does this mean? I'm like, Travis, you sure it wasn't? I said, no, it was a, a person in my ear. Like, I felt the breath. As soon as I said, Lord, the humble servant's listening to me, it's, he breathed on me and I felt that. What I just read. That's what I just read. And that's what exactly. And I said, "Pain, can't you?" Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna add to that real quick because you know we were in this Bible study for a year, and I've talked with Trinice, I've talked with Travis with what they've gone through and what they're experiencing. God's working through them. Same with me and my family. You know, my wife started doing her thing with her and Jesus, making the relationship. Now she's having visions. Now she's making that connection with God. Now she's doing things. Within a year, I'm teaching inside of the church. I'm taking up ministry roles. Dan and Candace are now youth pastors of the church. And it all started with just making that little bit of relationship, that little bit of fire. We've gone from a small little coal into what we see now, which is a raging fire. That's awesome. That's good. And, and this whole concept has changed. Like in the past couple of months, it's changed. When I'm praying, praying for someone to receive the Holy Ghost, now I'm like, breathe on them, God. Breathe the breath of life into them. And I know He knows we're talking about the same thing here. I'm not just saying bless them. Breathe the life into them. And I'm going to tell you this up right here. This is powerful right here. But as a Christian, the one thing it requires from you to speak is your breath. Which is why it's so important, the power of the tongue. Which is why it's so important when we're speaking the message of God. Because as I'm speaking positively into people's life, I'm breathing the Holy Spirit into their life. I'm Amen. breathing life into them. Anybody here that wants, that doesn't know how to pray, a great thing to do, which I started doing, which helped me tremendously, is show up at 10 with the elders. Get in that back room and even just listening to them pray. Right. 
I, and, and things have happened back there that I can't even explain. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it really it does. That will ignite your fire so alone. Yeah. You're ushering in the presence of God. You're ushering right, in the presence of God. Anybody that preaches or anybody does anything, you've already started that. That would have been a huge thing. Did you notice he said others? What? They have been practicing this. They have been practicing. They work with those muscles until those muscles are easy. They've already got, they've already got the stick warmed up. Every time I show up and go in there, something happens. Every single time, God shifts something inside of me. And I need it, you know, so I'm like, that's where I'll be at 10 o'clock. That's where I try to get to, you know. So we as believers gather together and we ignite this fire. It says the mighty windstorm filled the whole house where they were sitting. Filled the entire house where they were sitting. And then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled over each of them. So what does that mean? That fire settled over top of their heads. Where is the fire at? It was inside of them. They were so full of fire that <laughs> came blazing out their heads. A big light, and they turned into big light. I heard a church. It was a church that were having a prayer service. It was on fire prayer service. Oh, they were yeah. letting it go. All of a sudden, in the back door, like 20 Catholics walked in. They were like, what are you guys doing? They all walked in carrying buckets. They were like, we just looked at your church, and your roof was on fire. So they literally brought buckets to put out the fire on their roof. And they, they were like, no, come on in. Everyone got the Holy Ghost. Some of my fire and dump it on his fire. And that's what, and you that's, you and you move. That's what happened here. The tongue settled on all of them and each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Ghost gave them the ability. Because they had already prepped this area. They had already had it warmed up. There was a bunch of candles sitting around, and all it took was for God to scoop up that little coal and the whole room ignited. And that's exactly what we have the ability to do. Every Sunday at church, if we're walking in the right ways, if we're keeping the dirt out of our fire pit, if we're allowing it to. Love you guys. I, I was closing it right there anyways. You guys didn't miss anything. <laughs> His name is power. It's breath and living water. That's so good. Man. That's so good. So I hope I encourage you guys. I hope I lit a fire inside you. Because that's what we need to do as a church. If we can all get this fire burning inside of us bigger, the more lives we're going to affect around us. This whole month we've been talking to youth group about being a light and a shining light to this world. And this is what it, this is what it's going to take is for the youth group to get on fire. For them to allow God to breathe into their lives. So, let's pray. Yeah. Your Lord Jesus, touch our hearts and minds today, God. Thank you for giving us the breath of life. Breathe on us. Thank you for putting a fire inside of our bones, God. That give us the courage and the energy, Lord, to go to this dark world, Lord, and minister to them for you, God. Let us bring the good. We thank you so much for your sacrifice as we go into this holy week, Lord. Allow us to be united with the body of Christ, Lord, and really appreciate what you did for us. We worship you and praise you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.